and welcome back to the On the Preds draft special. This is part two of our uh, On the Preds draft coverage. We are here with, of course, Sean Smith of On the Forecheck and also Eric Dunay of On the Forecheck as well, who covers all of the draft and prospects for OTF and has done so for about five years now. And um, if you haven't heard part one, you got to check it out because we talked about how awesome this draft is. <laughs> And uh, the um, we also talked about Jeremy Lozon, and uh, Eric loved the Jeremy Lozon signing. Big fan. Sean loved it, too. Um, and uh, we are here to talk more about the draft. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. The Nashville Predators, they pick at number 17 of the first round. Um, they, they only have, obviously, they only have one first round pick. This is their only option. What do you, Eric, think they will do with this pick? Um, I kind of see two scenarios playing out here. And the first one is that they trade back. Uh, I think, after, yeah, I think after pick five, this the draft board gets really interesting um, and can go a, a lot of directions. And depending on what those directions are, pick 17, like a player available at 17, and a player available at like, a, you know, back 20s of the first round may not be that different but it depends on what their draft board is and who they really like you know that i say that because they don't then wouldn't pick again until 82nd overall right so you're (laughs) you're sitting on 60 picks in between their first and their second pick and then of course they pick two slots later at 84 um in the pick they got in the victor harveston trade but that's a lot of time to wait so you know, they also don't have a six round pick this year. So um, in the interest of, you know, quantity or maybe um, just more spread out quality, I could see a scenario where they trade back here. Uh, and depending on what the board looks like, I, I don't think it's it's a bad idea. Um, let me let me, yep. let me back up a second. Uh, let, let's back up because I, I think it's interesting that you talk about trading back. Because... Um, but I guess before we really need to talk about who they could it let before we talk about who they could draft if they actually draft someone at 17, I think we actually need to talk about like what do they need to go get? Um, what what is it that they would potentially be looking at um, to, to upgrade? It, it, maybe analyzing their not completely, but like in terms of their prospect situation right now, what what do they what do they like, can they not pass up on? Like, if they had the pick at 17 and there's a particular type of person, a type of player there that they really need to get right now, you know, is, is there that person or? Yeah. Uh, well, I would look at their track record recently in the first round. They've invested in the first few rounds, really. They've invested a lot in forwards um, to varying degrees of uh, success or to, to pedigree. You yeah. know, Thomas, Tomasino, Afanasia, Evangelista, Svechkov, LaRue. Um, the defense pipeline is not, I would say, thin per se, but we're not in the era where we, you know, where they had drafted Carrier, Lard, uh, and Gerard, and the future kind of looked set, right? Um, yeah, funny, yeah. funny how we thought back then. But um, you know, Ference is 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 you know coming along. Uh, you got a player like Adam Wills be coming over this year. Luke Prokop is going to be in the AHL next season. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think there's going to be a good number of defense defensemen available here at 17 that um, could interest them. 
and if that is the case, then you know that would probably be the position I target. Um, although I would always advise just draft best player available. But uh, they have been known to kind of uh, you know fall in love with some players here or there, and I could see that being the case again uh, this season. So. Okay. All right. Um, okay, Sean, I have a question for you. <laughs> Sean's yeah. here as well, and yeah, so I'm here. you Look, are here. I'm just going to say this before you ask me anything about the draft. I want to say this is important. Remember those shirts? They're bumper stickers or books or I, I don't know, whatever it was that, that would always say, like, everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten, right? Remember yeah. those? Yeah. Everything I know about the draft I learned from Eric. Uh, yeah. Sa so, same, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I whatever actually you're about to ask me may be heavily biased toward whatever he just said. So you know, <laughs> well, it's actually it's actually a question for everyone because I, I just I was oh. looking at the I was looking at the Predators draft um, uh, history and I just noticed something and I just thought it was kind of funny. And uh, so if you look at the last ten years of the of the Predators draft, so starting with 2012 through 2021, okay, and look at so only only skaters no goalies but and look at um the top let me count <laughs> count how many there are uh one two three four five five the top five skaters uh in terms of points scored in the nhl None of them are with the Predators anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, who, uh, one of them is definitely Fiala, right? Yeah, Fiala is, is number one. He has, uh, in terms of points scored, he has 283. No, I'm sorry. He's not number one. Sorry. He's number three, actually. Is this uh, all rounds, every round? Every Yes, yes every round. Yeah. Right, correct. So Fiala's gone. Victor yeah, Arvidsson, Arvidsson is gone. Yeah. Seth Jones. Seth Jones. That's That's the third one. Um, Sam Gerard, Gerard. Yes, Gerard. Um, uh, Jimmy VZ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. And then, and then, the, and then tied for fifth in equal in points is Colton Sissons. Colton Sissons has 135 career points. Jimmy VZ has 135 career points, which is crazy to me. I don't even know. He, well, I don't even know where he plays right now. I couldn't even tell Jimmy, you. yeah, Jimmy VZ won't be threatening uh, Colin Sissons next season for that fifth spot. Right. So, so, but I just your your point about forward them like throwing a lot of picks at forwards recently is like, so this is the guy whoever they drafted for. This is the guy that in five years is going to be traded to the Kings or to the Flyers in order to get out of a bad contract or yeah, thrown in as a sweetener and a Ryan Johansson trade. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like uh, these, these draft, if, if the draft history holds up for the predators, they're either going to draft a really solid defenseman that ends up playing well and becoming a, a full-time NHL or, or they're going to draft a Ford that has a lot of potential and doesn't do well in Nashville and then gets traded and goes somewhere else and has success. It's the David Poyle. Not that all the, <laughs> the David Boyle experience. Not that all those guys didn't have success. Obviously, Victor Arvidsson had a ton of success here, but like you know, it. But he was also a what third round pick, fourth round pick. Yeah, like yeah. that wasn't like a high. That was a, yeah. more of a flyer than anything. Right, 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 right. Um, so I guess Sean, that really wasn't even a question. It was just kind of a, a statement that I was hoping to get your take on. But well, Alex, what you're you're missing here is that this this will be a problem not for David future David Boyle, but Brian Boyle. 
Yes. Yeah. It will be a problem for Brian Poyle or uh, if there's any other Poyles that want to line up for that job. Sean, <laughs> um, I think you should throw your hat in the ring. I'm not a Poyle. Um, and I'll be <laughs> honest, the first thing I would do if I were the general manager would be to hire Eric for all of my <laughs> drafting needs. What would you I'm hire me come for? Off that. What would you hire me for? Just, just to chill. Just to hang out. Hype man. Hype man. I, could, I pay you an executive salary to chill, right? Yeah. Sounds Maybe like... throw in some uh, keeping it real, you know? <laughs> That's an idea. Some coffee. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see the National Predators under a Sean Smith uh, general management. <laughs> I would like to see what happens. Like if you if Sean drafts if Sean were to draft only on vibes it couldn't be that much worse than how the team does. <laughs> we yeah. would have it would have ended up with Zach Larue either way. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, we might talk about past him that, later. Maybe past that, time. I don't know. Just going to be a lot of sobbing and uh, <laughs> just confusion. A lot of things will come up missing. Um, yeah, it's not going to be a good. It's not going to be a good situation. What I'm hearing you describe is uh, Pred's Twitter every time David Ference or Igor Afanasyev wasn't in the Admirals lineup this season, tweeting yeah. at me. Pretty, pretty much. Oh, that sounds right. Were they, why were they tweeting at you? Well, they were like, what's wrong with that? Oh, asking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was probably me. That was probably yeah. me asking why. <laughs> Specifically, Ference, he was one that kind of... Yeah. Well, he got hurt. He got hurt at the end of the season, so he, that's okay. why he pretty much missed it. And then Afanasyev, but Afanasyev played a lot, I thought. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch here and there. And on the stretch, he was scratched a little more than in the playoffs, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, maybe some of those names will come up in part three when, when we talk about that. But um, so let's get back to the let's get back to the to specifically this draft. And if they do pick, um, I do want to hear some names from you for, on like possible names that they could pick. Uh, before we do that, I want to tell everyone real quick about Relax the Back. If you want to work better, live better, feel better every day, you got to go to Relax the Back. Their store is in Green Hills, 2020 Glen Echo Road. You can go there. There's a sleep agent on hand. He can talk to you about any issues you're having with sleep or pain. Um, you've just got to check it out. There's, they have so many options for customized comfort when you sleep, work, or just relax at home. It's the place for recovery, too. So, like, if you're recovering from an injury or a sports thing that you did, if you did a sports thing, like, you know, Sean, you do sports things sometimes. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. You know, third base coaching is a sports thing, right? There you go. You can recover from your third base coaching efforts uh, in a nice zero-gravity chair. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds that – sounds... Really there you nice. go. You, get a, you don't you get understand a, how good The great thing sounds. is there, you get a zero-gravity chair at the third, like, while coaching third base, right? Couldn't you do that? I, I'd like that. Yeah. I would I would take it. I might not be able to coach third base as well. There you go. You've just got to go check out the store uh, again. Uh, walk in. Tell them that you want to resolve your pain issues or talk about uh, sleeping better. Check out the four pillars of wellness. Healthy sleep, healthy work, healthy body, healthy mind. Okay. I want to hear names, Eric. I want, to, I want to hear some names of players that are going to get drafted. I don't want to hear about trading back and about recovering some draft picks between 17 and 82 or whatever it is. Let's hear some names. Who are the sure. Reds going to draft? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that whenever they come up 17, there should be kind of a, a good group of defensemen available, uh, a few of whom I like. The first one that, that stands out to me is uh, Pavel Minchikov. Uh, he plays for Saginaw in the OHL. Um, I would say there's kind of three here in this like this 
three CHL defensemen that are like viewed as first round talents. It's him, it's Denton Matichek, who plays for Moose Jaw in the WHL, and it's uh, Kevin Korchinski, who plays for Seattle in the WHL. They each kind of bring a bit of a different style. Um, they're both very, or all three are very offensive minded. Uh, I like Michikov the best um, for a few reasons. I think he's the best defender of the three. Um, he's uh, got a decent frame, um, comes in at around 6'1". Um, he's a pretty good skater, um, got good kind of four-way mobility. Uh, I think he defends his gaps well. I think he controls the defensive zone well. Um, he's a good shooter um, from the point, uh, contrary to someone like Korchinski, who I think is a pretty weak shooter. Uh, and uh, overall, I think he's, he's uh, you know, an aggressive offensive player, but not too aggressive. So he'll lead the rush. But this, not, is, this is pa Pavel Minchikov? Correct. Uh, okay. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll lead a rushing transition, but not all the time. He'll um, dive down below the faceoff dots and, and, you know, do a, do a kind of a punch turn and, and buy time for his teammates, but not all the time. Uh, and I think he, you know, he knows he's a good shooter. He, he's kind of got a versatile offensive game. Um, whereas I find uh, Korchinski and um, Matt Uchek a little more one-dimensional in their offense, per se. Um, so so I think if Minchikov's available, I think that's a really solid pick. Hmm. Um, and, and, and someone who I think could, could kind of become a good number two, maybe number three defenseman uh, in the NHL. Um, another name that's kind of there, a bit of a different player. Another defender is uh, Leon Beschel, a uh, Swiss defender. Uh, obviously, a good track record with those in Nashville. Um, I think if anyone watches Leon Beschel play, they will be uh, <laughs> extremely uh, intrigued. He is six foot five, uh, 225 pounds. Uh, he is huge, and you know the concern with players of that size is that they're not very good skaters. Um, not the best skater in the world, but for his size, quite fluid actually. Um, you know, he's not got the greatest foot speed, but I don't think he's slow by any means. I think he's just got to refine a little bit of you know the, his timing on his pivots in the defensive zone when he engages to close his gaps. Um, but the best part about him is. He's extremely physical, as you could imagine. Um, loves to hit. Um, you know, loves his stick checks in front of the net. Is very good at boxing out uh, players in front of the slot. And on top of that, I think he's got some some hidden offensive upside. Um, you know, at the junior levels, it kind of uh, shine through a bit more. Um, you know, scoring a bit more, getting involved. Um, you know, leading the rush in transition. Uh, He's not going to be, you know, a, a crazy score in the NHL, I don't think, but, um, you know, a good maybe the production of a number three, number four with the the, the size and the physicality of a, of a first pairing defenseman. So um, he's another guy I like, um, and I think if, if he's available, that's not a bad pick there. Okay, so I'm I just going to say this. Liam Liam Bischel is that he's saying that last yeah, name? Liam Bischel. with an with an N, not an M. Liam, sorry, yeah. Liam Bischel. Yes. So if this dude is six foot five and two twenty or whatever, yeah, and can skate well and can 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 move well, you you will have to restrain David Poyle from drafting <laughs> that person. And, and he's Swiss. And he's Swiss, yeah. Like that's, I mean, if he's available, that's who they're going to take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's where I've been kind of leading. That's um, kind of the feeling I've been getting to. Um, 
I can't imagine him going higher than 17, but I could be wrong. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of teams love a six foot five defenseman who can skate. So. Yeah, well, they, they just traded for a six foot five defenseman in Philip Myers who can't skate, so they got half that. <laughs> and and now, we'll, now soon, talk- we'll soon be buying him out, too. Yeah, now there's talk of them buying him out, so yeah. it's like, wow, they need to desperately replace that. Uh, well, the, the Steven Santini buyouts off the books this summer, so they got to replace that. <laughs> Ooh. Well, now that no, now they can just go sign Steven Santini for the league Absolutely. minimum. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, now they're only paying Kyle Turris not to play. Exactly, yeah, for forever. Yeah. Um, did you hear? I don't know if you paid attention at all last last week. Our show, Eric, we talked about what the Predators will look like in five years. So by I the not, I haven't listened yet. By the beginning of twenty twenty seven, the only players that will be on the Predators will be Roman Yossi and Kyle Turris. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Turris's dead contract will still be there. Mm. Um. So anyways, all right. So, I mean, yeah, like I, I like the idea of the Predators just going back to the well, getting a defenseman again, getting a, getting a, a you know, a, a, obviously a good skating defenseman and one that's got skills at both ends. Um, but do you, do you think there's a possibility they could also go forward? Certainly, yeah. I think there's a good mix in the first round. A um, couple of players I'm looking at. Um, one that really intrigues me is Connor Geeky, uh, younger brother of, of Morgan Geeky. Um, yeah. he, uh, he plays for the Winnipeg Ice in the WHL. Once upon a time, Connor Geeky was uh, kind of talked about as like a top 10 pick. Um, I could see a scenario where he goes kind of shortly after the top 10. Um, he is huge. He's like 6'4". He's a center another another big guy um he's got good hands got a really good shot um i think he's a really smart offensive player sees the offensive zone really well the big concern for him uh as it was with his brother is his skating um you know so you know once upon a time we were talking about the draft is if you are a bad skater you're dead in the water right and now skating is kind of viewed as this teachable thing where you know, as long as you have some good fundamentals like teams who are more regularly employing power skating coaches can can really fix that. Um, I don't think he's slow per se, but I don't. He's never going to be like in like a burner at the NHL. He's never going to like beat a defenseman out wide, you know, and, and get around him. Um, but but he's just so big that like there's a lot of like unlocking of his body and his like skating mechanics that you kind of got to do to to really like get more speed out of him. Uh, but I could see Poyle being interested in a player like that. Um, and then I guess two more that are more on the skill side um, that are real wild cards are, are Yuri Kulich and, um, and, and Brad Lambert. Um, I'll talk about Kulich quickly because he's the easier one. Uh, Czech center, I think 6'2", 6'3". Uh, good skater, good speed, um, got a lot of skill. He's a little lean, but he's been playing in the pros all season, uh, playing center in the pros too. Uh, in, in Chechia, which is, is impressive, um, you know, probably can work a little bit on his, his physicality and his defensive zone game. Um, and, and maybe stares at the puck a little too much when he you know moves up in transition, but overall, I like his skill level. Uh, and then Brad Lambert is, um, I mean, I'll say this and people will disagree with me, but if Brad Lambert's available at 17, they should run to the stage. Um, yeah. Okay. Brad Lambert was once upon a time like in the discussion for being the first overall pick in this draft. Huh. Um, 
he, I think he is still like a top five pure talent. Um, but he's had a really tough year. Um, kind of ever since he was like coordinated as a top of the class kind of guy. Started out the season um, really slowly. Was playing. He's playing in the Liga in the the men's pro league there uh, in Finland. Had like two goals in twenty four games for JYP. Uh, terminated his contract. Went and signed with the, another team, Pelicans. Um, two goals in twenty five games there. You know, you're kind of left wanting more. Some people kind of criticize him for maybe not being super consistent shift to shift, but. I think he can be a dominant player in the neutral and offensive zones, and he's fine on defense, really good skater, um, great shooter, maybe not as good of a shooter as Joachim Kemmel, who's a fellow countryman, um, very smart with the puck, great passer. Uh, he could skate circles around the offensive zone and, and not not uh, get the puck knocked off of him. But uh, I think he just really struggled to gel with his, his, team, his line mates this year. You know, it was clearly a bad situation with JYP. He had to get out of there. He did. Pelicans, not, uh, I think, a particularly great team for his skill level. Um, play a very, like, dump-and-chase style hockey that he, you know, doesn't really um, thrive off of. He kind of needed faster line mates, I think, to succeed. And and so there's kind of concern. I don't think this is, like, an Aturati situation where he's going to, like, drop all the way to, like, the second round. Um, but... You know, again, for a guy who was once maybe the first overall pick, he's probably going to go 15 to 30 maybe. Um, so it's a so, bit of a gamble, but I think it's worth it. So Lambert, for like his, his drop-off is really – it has nothing to do with other than just on-the-ice stuff, right? It's just like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And, and do you think that he uh, kind of tracks as a center at the NHL level? Um, probably he not. If he was to hit at the level you think he would hit, you think he would be yeah. a center? Uh, I think he could have a successful career as an NHL center, but I think he probably ends up being more successful as a winger. Uh, yeah. he, he really, like, he, he, I mean, it, it depends, right? Because it's almost like the Philip Tomasino debate, like, question, right? Like, I think Tomasino plays well both as a wing and a center because he controls the puck, right? And he control the pace of the shift, right? He can kind of set the tone for how fast his line mates are moving when he's not playing with Michael McCarron and Matthew Olivier. Um, and, and, and in turn, how the defense is reacting. And I think Brad Lambert at his best can do that really, really well, better than Thomas, you know, can. Um, but he's just in, in this interesting phase where he's a teenager playing against men and, you know, with not great line mates and just a tough season overall that I think if you could hit the reset button on like, you're seeing a totally different player, but of course that's kind of the the gamble. That's the caution here, right? Is, is you don't know which Brad Lambert you're going to get. That's interesting. So like th this, this is kind of the typical very high ceiling, but you know, could, could also just do, be, do nothing. Right. I mean, like could, could be, could be a, could be a bust pretty quickly. That kind yeah. Of I mean, I don't know if I would say like, he's, I mean, it's certainly possible he's a bust, right. But like, you just you, you you watch him play on his best nights and you're like there's an nhl career in here like no matter what right like huh. i think the concern is that like some teams won't have the patience to 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 kind of deal with him and like and i when i say that it makes it sound like he's like this difficult character but he's really not like he's got great marks personality wise as a person but um 
you know, some teams, I think Corey Promen noted the other day, some teams are really concerned about his shift to shift consistency. They think he takes mm-hmm. nights off. Other teams don't really see that as an issue. Um, so it really depends on just the attitude of the front, the front office and whether we like it or not, that really just comes from, you know, preconceived notions and, and, and biases that these front office staff have. So, um, you know, if, if they're willing to, to bet on him, I think they, that could really pay off. Um, but at the end of the day, you kind of have to know, uh, what you're getting into with him. Uh, so and he's, he's, he's from Finland. Yeah, so it's interesting because his name's Brad Lambert. He's from Finland, uh, but he's actually so his uncle is actually Lane Lambert, uh, former Preds. Assistant okay, and, all right. Uh, I, I thought I thought that was gonna come yeah. up, but I, I wasn't sure. Like, uh, that's interesting. Um, so, wow, that's intriguing. I mean, like, so you would be pretty high on him if he if he was available. Were there any other forwards you were looking at that? I know you talked. So you talked about uh, Connor Geeky yeah. and Brad Lambert. You might have mentioned yeah. another way. Oh, Yuri Kulich. Yeah. Um, I would say the one other one kind of in the first round, this is probably not a pick I would make, but it does feel like a very David Poyle pick to me, is uh, who will be the second person who will be the second ever player drafted from Nebraska, uh, from the U.S. National Team Development Program, and that's uh, Rutger McGroarty, um, which is a great name. Um, that's a cool name, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rutger McGroarty. Yeah. <laughs> He's um he's an interesting player. I am not as high on him as, as others. Um, he, I think he's 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 he gets positive marks for. He's got a really good motor. I think he's constantly kind of shift to shift, stops and starts are great. He's always moving. He's always kind of in the right position off the puck. Um, he's got good hands. He's got a good shot. I think he's kind of creative with the puck. He he doesn't just do the same thing in the offensive zone. Um, and he's got a good frame where he can really be like a powerful, almost like power forward esque player in transition. The downside is, uh, his skating is really, really weird. And his foot speed is just not particularly there. And I know I said without Connor geeky, that that can be worked on and it certainly can, but he doesn't have the size that Connor geeky does. And I have a lot of questions about how that team as a whole kind of work together and who was responsible for what, um, mm. you know, whether it was Jimmy Snuggerud or more importantly, Isaac Howard, I think who carried a lot of the offense for that line. Um, so I think he's, he's, he's great in that he's like a natural possession player and he's a center and he was the captain of the U S team at the, the world U18 world juniors. Um, so that's going to appeal to, to the 200 hockey men, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I could yeah. see this being a very David Poyle pick, maybe not one I would make, but, seems up his alley interesting uh I, I think if if the defenseman from earlier uh Bischel is is available and they take that guy instead i think i think that, that would be disappointing i i would, I would imagine yeah or or, or this yeah, guy I mean, you're, selling me, you're selling me on lambert uh, quite a bit um interesting um okay sean gm sean oh boy <laughs> hearing the options would you go with the taller uh, European skater that can score, or, the, or that can that can sorry the Euro- European defenseman that can skate, uh, or would you go with the high upside potential forward you know that could could really look like a really steal of a pick in a couple of years uh, this year? Which one would you go with? Well, that's that's a great question. I'm not a gambling man, 
Um, I know we've talked about this at length. I don't, I don't like to take big risks. So um, <clears throat> Lambert, I don't know if I'm in on as much as I like the potential of a Swiss giant, because here's the yeah. thing. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm running this team, I really want to promote it. You know, I want to, I want a spectacle, right? So it's almost like, uh, and I know Alex, we've, we've discussed your just, just profound love for professional wrestling um, at length. It's, it's yeah. something we discuss, you know, regularly on the show. Um, really, I'm surprised how much time it takes up. Did you want the so hammer? <laughs> he does. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think you could look at, you know, he could be the Swiss hammer. And, you know, you that, that could be, you could have a whole, uh, you could do a whole workup of it. Um, it's a great angle. I think you could sell a lot of t-shirts. You could put butts in seats and, you know, Eric said, this is a, this is a very good player. I'm happy with a very good player. Cause again, who's going to be in charge of my drafting? Eric. <laughs> Eric so, is, yeah. You know, realistically, if he tells me, Hey, look, this guy's good. I'm going to go, okay, let's do it. What, what, just... what can you tell me about him? When he says six foot five Swiss guy, I'm like, all right, Swiss hammer. And that's how we're going to bill him. And that's, we'll have shirts in the store on day one. I do, I do think that the the defenseman route is the way to go, um, especially because none of, none of these offensive, none of these forward um, prospects seem like ones that are, are gonna gonna blow you away. And, and you need to get back. To, you, if you're if you're David Poyle, you're if you're this organization, you need to get back to what you've been, been doing well. Get back to your consistent strengths, um, and you know the. the Drafting and developing defensemen seems to be the best thing that they're 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 gonna and, and, and goaltenders of course, which obviously they're not gonna draft a goaltender, but at least I don't think. Um, I I I think I'm I'm leaning defensemen too, and and but you know l- let's go back to initially, Eric. You said that you think they might trade back. Uh, I don't know. If they I think they might. I think I would potentially advise it depending on how okay picks ten through. 15 or 17 go. Um, mm-hmm. if, if Bishel's off the board, if Minchikov's off the board, if one of Korchinski or Matt, Matichuk's off the board at 17, that means guys like uh, Philip Mejar, potentially Marco Casper, guys who I think are, I like better but will be going higher than 17, I think, are falling mm-hmm. back. So uh, in that case, I mean, it's tough, right? Can you get a, how high of a second round pick can you get for moving back 10 spots? Yeah. Really, all that all depends is, if you have a team in the back half of the first round who's fallen in love with a player, um, you know, like um, like the Bruins did with Trent Frederick a few years back, remarkably, mm-hmm. uh, then you can get them to do, you know, get them to agree to any deal, right? So um, it kind of depends on what the attitudes are on draft day, really, a lot of moving parts. So, or what? If, what if it's like this? What? What if? All right, so it's seventeen. Um, the, the top guys that you want are, are gone, but that McGrory guy, Lincoln, Nebraska guy, uh, is still there. What if they, what if they either take him at 17 or if they trade back, get something in like a, you know, get in, get another, get another later pick and then trade back to like the early second and then, then take McGrory there. Would that be better? Would that be, is that, is that yeah. more in line with his value? It probably is, but I don't think he's going to last that long is the problem. Oh. Um, 
I mean, I could be wrong. I just feel like it's he's just like a classic 200 hockey men player. Uh, and I don't think they can help themselves. So, um, but there's a lot of like, I think that if you put Isaac Howard, Jimmy Snuggerud, and Rutger Brigordi, and a, like they're, so they were all kind of on a line together at the, the US mm-hmm. team. They all bring, have different strengths. I think Howard's the best of the three, then probably Brigordi and then Snuggerud. Uh, on top of that, you've got Ryan Chesley, he's a defenseman, and Seamus Casey, who's a defenseman as well from that team. Like, a, one of those five guys is going to be available, you know, probably more from 25 to 32, right? And I don't think there's a huge amount of difference between each of them. I think Isaac Howard probably is the biggest separation to the rest of the group. And I well, I would guess he's probably gone by then. So uh, if that's the case, then yeah, move back if you're targeting one of those guys. And yeah. uh, if not, then, you know, whatever. Cool. All right. Well, speaking of moving back, we are uh, we are coming to the end of part two of our draft coverage here on on the Preds with Sean Smith and Eric Junaib on the forecheck. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit more about the later rounds of the draft and in particular the Predators and where they pick and why they pick in those places, uh, and then also maybe uh, talk a little bit about next season in part three of this episode. So thank you very much for listening. Check out part three next week. <laughs>